Hello and welcome to Guy Perryman Interviews. Our travel companion today is Jonas Blue, globe-trotting DJ and dance music producer, not to mention cup of tea lover, who was in Japan for live shows in March 2023, traveling with his mama. The interview took place at Universal Music Japan head office in Harajuku, Tokyo, and was first broadcast across Japan on my Inter-FM radio show. Enjoy the journey. It is wonderful to welcome on board Jonas Blue. Hello. Hello. Thank you for having me. I should actually open up uh, by saying from one guy to another, yes. I, I'm Guy and your real name is Guy. That is correct, yes. So, um, why did you change it? Long story or short story? Short. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so basically at the time there wasn't many English DJs. It was all very kind of Scandinavian or French. And I was like, to, to really make this work because i'd been producing music for a very long time i'm gonna have to become someone else oh. uh, like a, a different face the music wasn't essentially different but mm. the the persona had to be different and i mm. just kind of strategically it's very boring looked at what was working and i saw that a lot of scandinavian artists were kind of hitting it big and i was like cool well i'll just be scandinavian <laughs> i just went on google and found uh, Jonas, and uh-huh. then i liked the color blue Oh, there you are. Brilliant. Yeah, Favourite colour too. So. <laughs> well, if you kept the name Guy, everyone in France would call you Guy, I suppose. So. Exactly, yeah. yeah. It doesn't quite have the same ring. <laughs> well, I've kept my name. <laughs> yeah, so. <laughs> yeah. Which there's not many guys in Japan, so that's pretty good. Yeah. So Welcome back to Japan. Thank you for having me. Thank and you. I saw somewhere you wrote, it's great to be back in your second home. Why do you feel so at home in Japan? I think since the start of when I released Fast Car back in 2015, it's automatically kind of connected with a Japanese audience. It's always been a big part of my kind of fan base and also kind of the musical inspirations in a lot of the songs as well. So I kind of feel I owe a lot to Japan as a whole. Plus, I feel like my music resonates here really well. You know, the very simple songs and I feel they resonate the most in Japan. It's just a great culture, great place to play and, you know, just great place to just be involved just being here so yeah I, I, it feels like a second home it feels very natural to me to be here i always ask people this question maybe i should ask it right now is there one thing about japan you love that maybe the world don't know about something you would love to share with the world i think it's it's very very simple the one thing i love about japan one of the many things but you can go into the most busiest street in in japan and it's silent and I love that. <laughs> just the madness is just not here, which I love. And, you know, if the equivalent of that is going, you know, if you're in London and you go to Oxford Street or something like that, it's just chaos and mayhem. And you go, you know, whether it's Harajuku here or wherever, it's, it's just... It's just beautiful, just mm. silent, and just it's so peaceful on your mind. Are the audience is quiet. <laughs> Having said that, actually not. You know, when <laughs> as soon as you go into the clubs, it's oh. a completely different thing, and that's why I love it. It's, it's kind of a beautiful madness. Mm. I think that's why karaoke is so popular here. It's where you can blow off some steam. Exactly, you know? <laughs> exactly. Yeah, you're in Japan with your mama. Yes, I yeah. am. Mama Blue's here. Yeah. yeah. That's really lovely. And yesterday was Mothering Day or Mother's Day in the UK, and I saw on social media sharing photos with uh, with your mum, so that's yeah. a really lovely thing. Hopefully she's not going to be stressing out. Is she going out to the shows tonight? She is coming to the show tonight, um, and she's been to the other shows. You know, this is the first time I brought my mum on tour with me in all the years that I've been touring. Usually I bring my dad. Oh, uh, My dad has kind of always been wanting to come out and um, go to these shows, but this is the first time that 
Uh, I've brought my mum. It was actually something that I promised to my mum before COVID. In 2019, I had a UK tour, which then led on to the Japanese tour. So we got the UK tour done. And then it was the day of the, I think the day before we were supposed to fly to Japan, it was like, bang, COVID that day. And it was like, everything got put on hold for three years. And I said, look, once we do this tour, I promise you, 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 you can come and be part of it. And now is that time and uh, it's been an amazing experience, right? It's been... There she is. Hello, Mama. <laughs> Are you enjoying yourself? Absolutely. It's just it's wonderful. Fantastic. Good. We'll keep enjoying. I won't keep it for too long. <laughs> speaking of your mama, speaking of your dad, your childhood, very early days, yep. was there something or someone that came into your life that got you on this music path? My dad was obviously a very kind of early inspiration, both my mum and dad, but my dad very much so. My dad was a videographer and music was a big part of, you know, the soundtracks of those kind of films that he would make. My cousin as well. My cousin, there used to be a, well, there still is a genre of music in the UK called uh, UK Garage. And that was something that was a great scene to be a part of when I was 12 13 around that time and he was someone that had friends that were involved in it and they were kind of like a a a rap group you could call it and uh, that was definitely i specifically remember there was a moment then where i was like this is what i want to do for the rest of my life when you're behind the decks with hundreds or thousands of people in front of you do you get shy or do you get nervous up there because being a dj i love the music i love that sense of the unity with a whole group of people loving the music at the same time but i tend not to like having people staring at me because there's not much to watch so how do you feel up there this is something that i've always wanted to do it just feels very natural to me i don't you know i get kind of the nerves before i go on stage still for sure but it just, when I'm up there, it feels like this is what I'm supposed to do. I know that sounds very cheesy, but I don't feel afraid. I don't feel, it feels odd. When I get up there and I'm performing, it just feels, this is my life. This is part of what I do. And, you know, I wouldn't be able to make the music that I make if it wasn't for being up there. So it's all kind of working in tandem with each other. Mm. When you are up there with the crowds getting into what you're doing, how spontaneous is the show or is it pretty much all planned out? Do you veer off? So for these shows in Japan, because it's a, big programmed show in terms of lighting and visuals and everything else there's a little bit of movement that I can do but generally it is a planned what I'm going to play edits of songs and things like that um, you know even new music that I'm performing especially just for Japan that is kind of programmed out but then a lot of the other shows whether it's you know like for instance I'm going to Miami on Thursday to perform at Ultra on Friday that wouldn't be something that's planned. That's something that's just kind of, you see the crowd there and you generally know, I, you know, I play like three times a week, so I, I generally know what I'm going to play. But if it doesn't work, if the crowd aren't feeling it, you instantly know as a DJ and, and you, you, you better change it. Otherwise you won't be <laughs> You're booked again. Yeah, you won't be booked again. So, yeah. Is there one particular experience or standout show you've done that you're so, so happy? There's definitely been a few for sure. I think Tomorrowland main stage was a big one for me. That was like 130,000 people in front of me. So that was that was great. But I actually know the, fir- the first... The first one that comes to mind is actually I had I, I only released one song under Jonas Blue at that time, which was Fast Car. And my first first show was um, at the Azteca Stadium in Mexico City, where Pele scored the goal. And that was 100,000 people. And that was the first gig. 
So that was just like, wow, what's going on? You know, I'd come from like clubs and playing to 100 people. Oh. And so all of a sudden now playing to 100,000 people. That was definitely a moment for sure. Where haven't you played you'd love to? Do you know what? I'd, I'd love to, where my music is kind of very tropical and vibrant and things like that. I haven't played in the Maldives. I'd love to play in the Maldives. I was going to say on a beach or just on the water. Just, yeah, on the water. Yeah. That'd be amazing. Yeah. Cool. I hope it happens. <laughs> You've worked with so many vocalists with all the music. That's amazing. Is there one vocalist you're so glad you got to work with? JP Cooper. That was definitely a moment for me. After Fast Car, I wrote a song called Perfect Strangers with JP. Because I was someone that in London would go out to a lot of the kind of open mic nights and kind of go and check out new artists and oh. things like that. So I remember specifically JP being on the scene at that time and just being one of those. He's like an angel. As soon as you hear him sing, it's just like goosebumps and and it's a real moment every time you hear him sing. And yeah, I knew him from, from those days. And then when it finally happened to work on a song with him, we ended up creating a really good friendship out of it. It wasn't just kind of one song and that was it. We've written many songs since then. And he's been part of my writing duo with other people. And he's an amazing person. He's the only person that could, if you had the newspaper here, he could sing you the newspaper and it would sound amazing. <laughs> He's, he's one of them people that you write lyrics and he'll sit next to you. How you are sitting next to me now and he'll sing it back to you and like, oh my God, how has this not been created before? It's, it's the most magical thing. Wow. How do you write? Where does the inspiration come from? What's the process? Again, like cheesy and as much as it sounds, but it's life, you know, and, and in terms of my life, I get to travel the world, fortunately, every week and you know I'm in different locations and I really take that in I'm always kind of daydreaming to the point of that anything could give me a song title or an idea and I write very differently these days where I'm not in the studio every day so my idea of of how I write songs now is anything if I see a cool title I write it down in my notes or if I have a melody just do it on the iPhone and then when I finally get back into the studio or I've got time in the hotel room and I'm on my laptop I'll just go through my notes and be like oh that's a, that's a cool idea and just kind of pick from that and go from there so you mentioned London and open mic nights do you think London is still like a real hotbed for talent for all music lovers it is it is but I, I think there's also you know great places around the world that has just as great open mic nights when i went to brazil i heard an amazing style of music called favela funk and it was like wow what's this and then that inspired me to write perfect strangers and i never heard that in the uk so it's kind of everywhere but yeah london has some amazing talent and some great great nights that you could go to but yeah i mean the world has opened up now and there's many great places and cheaper rent for the artists yeah exactly <laughs> that's for sure yeah i always speak with people about the power of music and you make the music for our our dance floors and our lifestyles. What about for you, though, in, if life throws you a curveball? Have you always turned to music to get you through life? Yeah, I, you know, it's, it's a strange one because I always feel a lot of people resonate to sad songs mm. a lot of the time. Um, you know, people love listening to Adele, Sam Smith, and, you know, they really connect with those songs. But for me, I've always had a very... I'm very fortunate to have a very blessed life and, you know, I'm happy in life and always have been. And I try to make that reflect in the music. I know it sounds crazy, but the happiest songs are the hardest songs to write because they can come across cheesy. Mm. Whereas when you're writing sad songs, it's, it's a lot easier to write a sad song and sound more legit, if that makes <laughs> right, sense. Yeah. But I try to make songs how I feel in my life and, you know, songs like Rise and mama and by your side these are moments that i feel i try to make them not too personal about me 
but to the point that they've come from me, but opens up to anyone can relate to it. We're going to get sad songs from you then. I've just released a song called Crying on the Dance Floor. <laughs> but it's this kind of, it's the same with Fast Car, where you have this very, very deep, sad song. But then the music is super positive and energetic and beautiful chaos that you've got with a sad song and, and uplifting positive backing track and I, I love that as well because it's, it's such a mad emotion you get on the dance floor two totally different worlds behind the dj booth or in a studio do you prefer one of them any more than the other they both work hand in hand and even more so to the point now that i you know i'm very fortunate i've got a very beautiful studio at home but i work from anywhere laptop comes out and i can work for me it's just about how do i get the idea from here out as quickly as possible and that's it you love the music do you love dancing absolutely not i'm definitely <laughs> not a dancer yeah i've just definitely become one of those dj dancers where it's just the hands that's it that's about as far as i go yeah. on a night off then are we going to see you on the dance floor probably after three o'clock in the morning <laughs> yeah quite a few people i've spoken with dancers have said we should be dancing every day it would make the world and the planet a much happier place would do yeah i think you know even I sometimes think of this like back home in London when you look at everyone on on the train just all with their earphones in and it's like, can you imagine if there was just speakers and everyone just singing? It would make the world a better place. It would also be very annoying, but it would make the world a better place for sure. <laughs> you said you like Japan because it's so quiet. So. I know, I know, but that's because the culture as well is just beautiful. We're going to go on a journey. You can have a passport, credit card and your mobile device. And I know you're always on an aeroplane going somewhere, but what's one other thing you must have with you all the time? The laptop. Oh, okay. Yeah, laptop for sure, because I could do anything with the laptop. You know, I can play piano just on the keyboard, on the actual laptop keyboard. Mm. So it's like everything is laptop. After a gig, when you've been DJing and doing the shows yeah. all night with those tens of thousands of people, what do you do at the end of the day or the night? Oh, a cup of tea and go to bed. That's it? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I understood very early on that to make this work, I'm not that kind of DJ and my music isn't like that as well, but I don't get involved in the party scene. This is work for me. You know, I'm providing a service to people out there, you know, and it's like, it would be foolish of me to just see me on stage with a bottle of vodka and think like, that's not my thing. You know, I'm there to provide people with a good time, go to bed and wake up for my next flight. And that's yeah. it. Now, I know you've got your mum on this tour with you, yeah. but I was going to ask that's why you. I just said all of that, by the way. <laughs> oh, yeah. Cup of tea, mum, tonight. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah, that's it. No party. Yeah. My final question is Is there one person, if you could sit down on this journey mm. and have a travel companion and a conversation with someone, who would you love to chat with? And it could be someone from history or someone who's alive today. Max Martin. Oh. Yeah, Max Martin. He is my absolute idol I say this in, in a lot of the interviews that I do but even to this day all the music that I make I feel like I have like a mini Max Martin in my head just telling me what to do and and things like that but yeah he's definitely someone that I followed since I was really really young and just to see how he has gone through I think it's like nearly 30 years now from the early Ace of Base, Britney Spears, Backstreet Boys to now Taylor Swift, Rihanna and everything the weekend it's like how do you do that how do you have that longevity and that for me is just inspiration because I, I want to be doing this for a long time great well i hope i see you here in another 20 years time I hope so i hope so but for today jonas blue or guy it has been yeah. a real pleasure thank you lovely to meet a fellow guy there you go <laughs> and thank you too mama thank you amazing and thank you for joining us today for more interviews and information please go to guyperryman.com 